Welcome to a special edition of Get Amplified, the podcast for tech industry leaders and aspiring leaders, covering topics from keeping up with the pace of change, staying fulfilled in your role and looking out for the well-being of your team and yourself. This is brought to you by the Amplified Group. Um, as always, we're virtual, as is pretty much everybody across the UK and probably wider than that. I'm, as, as usual, at home in Bucks. Vicky's in deepest, darkest Oxfordshire. Shah's over in the Netherlands. Uh, and we have a special guest joining us from also somewhere in Oxfordshire, I think, Adam. Is that right? Uh, yeah, close enough. Just outside Oxfordshire, hidden yeah, in my little is. cottage. Yeah. Excellent. Good stuff. So, yeah, as I mentioned, this is a, uh, a special edition today. Um, brought to you by the current uh, pandemic situation around the world. And, with, and uh, Charles, would you like to just say a little bit about this episode and why we've decided to do something just a little bit different today? Yeah, I think, Sam, we, we talked about it as a, a little amplified team and thought whether we would do this episode or not. But, you know, in everything we do right now, we're just trying to help and we're hoping that what we do will help and and add value. And I, I think, you know, for us um, and a lot of people in the tech industry, it's the norm to work from home. It's, re- it's the norm to be remote. Uh, but some people are really struggling and um, they just don't understand how they can make this their norm. So we thought this topic would be huge value to some people who are, are struggling in lots of ways. Brilliant. Thank you for that. Um, so I'm absolutely delighted. It's my turn to introduce a special guest today. So I uh, mentioned Adam earlier. Um, Adam and I worked together for something like 17 years, even though he doesn't look much older than 21 still. Um, you are my father. <laughs> well, in, in, so, in soft cat terms, I suppose I kind of am. So, um, yeah, Adam and I have worked together for a very long time. Um, you are currently chief technologist for, are we calling it digital workspace or modern workplace or something like that? What's the current vogue terminology? Uh, well, I've gone with workspace because then that just okay. simplifies it down. But yeah, I mean, it's it's gone through um, uh, end user computing. It's gone through digital workspace. It's gone through mobility. It's gone through all kinds of words that essentially mean yeah. trying to help uh, people people work. Yeah, not not necessarily work from home, but just work. Yeah, yeah, just just work really. Obviously, with the the current situation, remote working has come into sharper focus than it has been for, for a very long time. Yeah. Um, and the last little while has seen uh, myself and the, and the troops mobilised to, to try and help out however we can across the public yeah. sector, across the private sector, uh, to keep things as normal as we can do um, for, for the people that are out there. Brilliant. That's really good. You know, remote working is not a new thing. I was trying to work out, and I think it was 96 when I was first demonstrating WinFrame as a remote wow. access product wow. yeah, and yeah. getting people to unplug their fax machine so that they could demonstrate a performance of remote access down a 28A modem line. Wow, that's amazing. <laughs> that's cool. So it's, it's not a new thing, is it? But my goodness, where would we be without it? Now, well, I mean, we, we'd be in a right old mess if, if it weren't, weren't for uh, remote working right now, I suppose, in these yeah. interesting and, and, and crazy times. And, you know, it's actually great to have Vicky and Shah both on this conversation, of course, both having worked for Citrix and both having worked for VMware and been in and around that kind of remote working and having access to that sort of technology um, and been in roles that have 
involve remote working, distance managing, and that sort of thing. So we're really pleased to to be able to share some of our mutual experiences about that. So, Charles, let's start with you, I guess, and maybe you yeah. could tell us about your experience of working remotely and probably really importantly managing teams remotely if that's okay yeah sure so really the the turning point for me was that I was moving from the UK to the Netherlands and I needed to demonstrate to my management that that wouldn't be a problem because I wanted to keep my job basically um, but the Fair office enough. here yeah but the office near where I live was um, you know the distance just didn't make sense so this was probably 20 years ago that everybody agreed I was going to be one of the first people in that team as a senior leader of teams to work from home and at first, it was all great. My manager said, we're going to do it. And then we had a new VP come in um, and he said, nope, don't want to do that. Don't think it's good. Sets a precedence. Anyway, I was lucky to have the trust of my management team that said, no, this is going to work and we're going to make it work. And I moved over to the Netherlands in 2001 then. And uh, I had a team in Milton Keynes. I had a team uh, in Switzerland and I also had some other teams around Europe and I just had to really think about how that was um, that was going to work for me and work for them so you know I had to knuckle down and think about over communication but uh, so it's been a very long time since I've worked from home so for me it is very normal so when I'm hearing now some tales of people struggling working from home I felt as though I was pretty much um well, well qualified to be able to discuss exactly so what, what what are the struggles that you hear that people are having well I'll give you a, a very simple example I have a neighbor who has a really senior position and she is used to working at the office and all of a sudden she's working from home she has a small laptop she doesn't know where to sit in her house she's uncomfortable sitting where she's sitting and she just didn't have the infrastructure so without thinking about her environment first and getting that infrastructure right she really struggled to, to work on a small screen so we, we went over there, we set her up with a big monitor, we set her up in a different place in the house, we gave her a, a you know, a, a remote um, mouse and, and she sent me a message the next day and said, it's a completely different experience for me, thank you. I was really, really struggling and thought, I can't do this, I can't do this. And she was starting to get really anxious as well. So um, that's just one of the examples I've heard. Just thinking about the environment and making it as conducive as possible to... Yeah. comfortable and productive home working. Yeah, and I actually wrote an article following uh, a post that I did recently, which had the most amazing response I've ever had to any post I've done. And the article really set out three different things that I think are really, really important. So I want to just share those three things, one of which is, is trust. So it's about your manager trusting you to work from home and you trusting yourself to just get the job done. You have to have that open conversation. You know, I am not going to be on back-to-back -back Zoom calls all day because that's not going to be productive, but trust me to do my job. So it's very much at first, even before all of this happened, you know, if anybody's thinking about working from home, they have to have trust as the foundation. So it's almost more about managing by results or by output than managing by input. You know, nobody actually minds if, you, if you're there precisely from 7.59 until yeah. 
it's 5.01 p.m. No, totally. And right now you absolutely can't be, right? No, no not, Vicky, not with kids and things as well. No, exactly. And Vicky will explain that. I don't have small children. I have one very large child um, <laughs> who's, 20, who's 24 and I hope he, he looks after himself. But absolutely, you know, it, it, it's about getting that environment right. Talk of environment, I think this is probably the most important thing to me is making sure that you have what I call an office environment. Now, we don't all have the privilege of having a, a dedicated office, right? At the moment, you might be sharing your space with a lot of people, but you have to find yourself a space that you call office. And that might be a corner of a bedroom where you tell everybody in the house, this is where I'm going to be working. I might be working here for one hour, or two hours of a day before I take a break and give you my time. But right now I am working. One of the places that I want everybody to think about avoiding is the kitchen. Because the kitchen is where most of the traffic happens in the house. And you cannot stop your children going to the kitchen for a drink or walking past to go out the back door, whatever it is. So if, if, you, if one tip I can give you, that's the one place to avoid and having that environment where you can say, this is where I work, equally, it's important that you can also say, this is where I'm not working. So yeah. at the end of the day, you can decompress, you put that laptop down and you say, I'm no longer working and you walk away from that space. Um, and that's somebody, something that I think a lot of people forget. You know, at the moment, people have maybe been used to getting in their car and leaving the office and, yep. and that's your separation yeah yeah absolutely separation is a really good way of describing it you know you have to separate yourself from the other people in the house just for the time you've decided to work but it needs to feel like it's an office environment you've got your notepad there you've got your all of your equipment there but equally you need to put that away the final thing that i wanted to say is is you know it's also about headspace right so you need to structure the way you work from home. And I mentioned earlier about doing back-to-back -back Zoom calls. And I think a lot of people are struggling with that right now because they, they feel as though they've got to be seen to be working and they've got to be on the webcam. Um, so, so that, pre that pre pre presenteeism, you know, where, where yeah. you, you have to show up in the office, just, yeah. just doing it virtually. Yeah, absolutely. And and you you don't have to have back-to-back -back course. You've got to give yourself headspace. You've got to be able to say, I'm going to walk the dog or I'm going to just t listen to music. Or Because if you were in the office, you'd be chatting to somebody about some inane thing that you decided you wanted to chat about. But you're not doing back-to-back-to-back. -to -back -to -back. It's just yeah. unhealthy. And, so, and actually, sorry, Cheryl, I was just going to say, I actually saw somebody had done a post on LinkedIn hmm. saying... Can somebody give me some advice? I am back to back on Zoom and I feel like I'm already going crazy. Well, that's the advice. Actually block in your calendar your time out and people will start to recognize that that's the time that you're not actually... Because if you're on back to back calls like you're on back to back meetings, how can you possibly do any work? Yeah. So you're, not, you're just not being productive, full stop. So you have to be able to build that in. And I, I do a lot of coaching and mentoring. And I actually ask people to map out their whole day for me and tell me how you structure your day. And I can guarantee that they have not put any time in their headspace. Yeah. At all. 
Yeah. yeah. I, I was just gonna I was just gonna echo some of the sentiments. I think that um broadly speaking, what the last couple of weeks have proved is that the barriers to remote working uh, have been toppled by the technology. That's not really the problem. I can get you access to devices, to applications, to data, I can do it securely, I can bring people together, whether it via a good old fashioned telephone call or via a Zoom call or a, or a Teams call or whatever. You know, the, the technology is there. You know, the remote working itself isn't the issue. It's more how do we manage and work with remote employees? And, yeah. you know, how do we stop managing remote workers as if they were on site? You know, little things that are really significant, like um, the bump. You know, if you're, if, you, if you're running remote teams, then it's important to appreciate the simple fact that people are not going to bump into each other daily. You know, in real terms, that effortless, informal intermingling is the breeding ground where we get our ideas from. You know, we socialize updates, we foster some kind of community, and we support each other, those types of things. All that disappears when you overnight you've distributed and dispersed all of your workers to the far-flung corners of the galaxy. So I really think that it is that the last week and the week before was how do I physically turn all the systems on for the next maybe months it's going to be how do i recreate that bump how do i stop uh, avoid overloading people with too many emails and too much chat by the priority of communications you know in my view it should be video audio chat and email in that order you know if we can when we're talking to people to try and make the world a little smaller to make people people feel less isolated more inclusive you know do a video chat if you can um, if you can't, then have an audio call. If you can't, then have a live chat. And if you really have to, then fall back to email. Because I think in this distributed world, we need to go for the richer, more immediate forms of communication uh, rather than the opera as the end of the scale, which yeah. is where email is. That makes, makes a lot of yeah. sense. It yeah. always used to wind me up when people start to use email as if it's an instant message yeah. form of communication. Adam, you're totally right because, you know, I, I was going to come on to the structure piece, but it, it lends itself very much to what you've just said. You know, you, you do need to build in a, a structure of how you think you're best going to work. We all have different personality types, and, and I think Vicky will talk about that later, but that is actually very poignant right now because my way of communicating is very much like I would put together a team meeting and go in and start talking about the points that we needed to get across for that project. But that's not necessarily the right way for the rest of the team. And now more than ever, we have to think about having that space for chat, just chat. How are you doing? Are things okay? But definitely structure the way that you build your day. Am I going to have a, a team meeting in the morning that's going to result in an hour off to do the actual work I need to do that then gets me ready and prepared to work with the US in the afternoon or the evening? And that's all about putting together that structure and having a self-motivation and a rhythm Right now, you're still in that shock mode of how on earth am I going to make this work from a technology point of view, from a home environment point of view, making sure I communicate with my team point of view, and as well as keeping myself healthy. Yeah. And all of those things come to finding your rhythm. And if we can all find our rhythm of working from home and actually keeping the kids and the family involved in that rhythm communicate it with them this is how i'm going to be working going forward this is what i'm going to be doing and you need to understand that and then 
you know we need to have a conversation as a family because this is going to be for a while as you say adam so uh yeah it all it all links in into finding your rhythm and making sure that you've got that trust you've got your environment set up and you've got your structure and you're motivated to 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 work from home just a, a point to add and you and i have talked about this we can't work in the way that we were doing two weeks ago and you know we've we've worked virtually for quite a few years now since we set up the amplified group you know you're in the netherlands i'm in the uk we have worked virtually, but you know we're doing homeschooling in the morning now and setting out that time and making sure that people are not too hard on themselves i think i think that's really important yeah. at the minute yeah, yeah, we used to talk a lot about um, work-life balance. I think it was probably Citrix terminology when they started mm, to talk about yeah. work-life splicing rather than balance, where you'd sort of, you know, you it was important actually to dip in and out of both during the day because sometimes you had to do something to support your kids or run an errand yeah. for your nan or something like that. And <laughs> actually, that that's kind of okay. In fact, right at the minute, that's priority one. In, yeah, you know, unless unless you're working for the NHS or the police or the government or something like that, right now, actually, that human connection, yeah. that thing that you can do to go and get some eggs for your elderly neighbour or, you know, phone the lady down the road who can't get out of the house. Well, we all can't get out of the house in a minute, but you know what I mean. No. That stuff is actually probably yeah. priority one, really. Yeah, and I think that's that that human connection thing is is going to be one of the greatest things that comes out of this whole catastrophe as awful as yeah. it is just a stark reminder of what's important versus what yeah. we what, what we kidded ourselves oh, yeah. about so i've i've used uh, i've been using the the, the term uh, consistent flexibility um with organizations we've been helping you know with with greater flexibility that's afforded by members of a team when they work remotely you know life does not keep regular hours um, so we need to build in these anchor points. We need to build in, as uh, Sharon said, uh, the, the the rhythms uh, are that we check. You know, lots of check-ins, whether it be little meetings or an all-hand session or whatever it might be. Building in that little regular cadence that isn't so heavy that it becomes cumbersome, but gives us some structure to our day. I think that's that's really important. Otherwise, people drift off in very different directions. Um, as new remote workers. Adam, do we want to do a couple of minutes on tech and best practices and things like that, if you don't mind, as, you, as you're the, the technologist? I think what I've seen, and, and our, the, in practice, people have been taking the simplest step they can to keep them functionally moving forwards. Quite often, they've relaxed the user experience side of things, uh, and equally, they've given ground on their security posture to keep them moving when they just haven't had a chance to do anything else. Simplicity has seen people um, focus on, does the user have a device? If not, let's buy them one. If we can't buy them one, let's rent them one. The same thing with their smartphones, because if we give somebody a phone and we give somebody a device, a uh, laptop, then actually we're quite a long way along the line of helping them work. Then it was looking at the applications. Is the application installed on those devices? If not, is it available as a SaaS platform so we can give them quick access? And if you've still got applications that are only available on-premise, then it's, it's jumped back to um, using either remote desktop platforms, uh, VDI platforms, straight VPNs back to base, or even remote PC uh, solutions such as TeamViewer and Splashtop to give you access to the to all of the things that are actually already set up. You just happen to be in the wrong place. Um, there's been uh, a lot of ground given on uh, bring your own device 
scenarios whereby um, all of a sudden companies are quite happy um, to allow people to use their own technology. Um, where there is still issues in more secure environments and more and more secure um, and highly regulated industries, we've actually seen a resurgence of the little USB key that I put out there by iGel and I put out there by Bcrypt. The sort of a software thin client, basically. Yeah, like a software thin client. So that it's been as far as possible, and I think it's absolutely the right approach. Keep it. Do the smallest thing you can to solve the issue today. Buy yourself enough time to to. to have a breather, have a cup of tea and think about how you'd like to improve the user experience and get back to a point where you're at the level of security and resilience you'd like to have moving forward. Yeah. And it's been the it's same a little bit, It's a little bit make, do and mend for the time being, isn't it? You know, just make it happen. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. as you say, re retrofit the user experience, retrofit the security backups to the level that you need it to be because we're in a crisis situation. Actually, you can afford to let those things slide just a little bit. Yeah, and that said... The consumer, what's really happened in quite a lot of situations is we've fallen back on consumer technology. Turns out it's pretty good. Um, you know, the consumer devices, the consumer video platforms, all of them uh, actually uh, are perfectly good for keeping conversations going over WhatsApp, you know, over using the, 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 the smartphones and devices that people already have. So... Um, it's been a bit of a safety net. But yeah, I think people have learned fast. What's made them do is, be, is made them be a little bit more brave. So all of these soft concerns about I can't manage my people, I won't be able to track what they're doing and all that type of stuff. We just have to get on with it. So it's like the, big, it's like the biggest pilot we've ever had for remote working ever. <laughs> and we've already got um, fairly sizable organizations that have booked for us to come in in six months time and do mm. a, deep, te and do a te deep technical debrief with them to understand well, where were the gaps, yes. how did, what worked, what didn't in practice so that we can finesse the, finesse the solutions. And, um, and I'll be very interested to see when, when we do reach the end of this and the world goes back to a new normal, it won't be the same normal. Yeah. Oh, Not quite is the same normal. Yeah. yeah. Is there going to be so much resistance to remote workers, to freelancers, to, yeah. uh, to individuals I'm working gonna, from where they want? I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that in the medium term, if as and when things settle down, and I'm convinced they will settle down, it, it, you know, I hope that's sooner rather than later, but it, it, it will get back to, as you say, some semblance of, of normality. I actually think the world will be a slightly better place because people will work from home, home will work more flexibly. There won't be as much commuting. There won't be as much drive or demand to travel to meetings that you don't necessarily physically need to be there at. We, you know, we'll move away from this presenteeism culture. And I actually think that will, you know, the legacy of this will eventually be a positive one in that regard you know clearly it's pretty horrible right now um, but there will be some positives to come out of it in the long run yeah yeah i've just taken a photograph of the screen because it came up okay. and said sam's bandwidth is low at that precise oh that's time. what you were doing <laughs> <laughs> oh funny funny <laughs> and, adam are you seeing this? anything on the on the bandwidth side in the early days, saw uh, some of the collaboration platforms struggle a lot. Um, Cisco, it's well documented, really struggled to maintain just the overwhelming surge in demand over the first few days of this. Yeah. Microsoft had a similar issue, but they, they, they addressed it more quickly. That's 
actually why we've seen things like Zoom do so well, because yeah. it was a bit more of a niche player. It didn't have this massive wallop of demand overnight. You know, these these organizations are probably pretty pretty good to grow 50, 60% in capacity quite quickly, but not yeah. nine, 900% has been the case yeah. in some of the providers I've seen. That's a, so, so I think that we've, we've felt that, um, but realistically, it's been a lot about tuning tune the applications. And because of the way these, the, the world works now, that these are SaaS-based applications, it's up to the vendors. Just yes. like Netflix and I dial in down, you, you were not doing Ultra HD this week, guys. We're going to go down to, yeah. to uh, standard definition, that type of thing. And uh, the same as, as Spotify can just dial down the audio. It's really up to Zoom. It's up to Microsoft. It's up to Amazon. It's up to uh, Cisco. It's up to all of these technology companies to reduce the amount of bandwidth required by as much as possible. And actually, that is where you'll start to see over the coming weeks, if people are going to continue to invest in technology, you will start to see some of those Citrix conversations coming back in, those VMware conversations coming back in, because actually it will be about the bandwidth. It'll be the old school conversation <laughs> that we no longer have about yeah. let's use I ICA because it, Gosh. Just, we're only sending screenscapes. And it's going to be about using PC yeah. over IP and Blast because they are kinder to the band. We haven't had those conversations in, in yes. five, yeah. ten years yeah. because everybody got it. Or all of a sudden, the fundamentals are really important again. Um, but that said, um, I think that the network providers have done an absolutely cracking job. Yes, there were a few yeah. blips and bumps over the first few days, but there was a massive surge of demand uh, over the over the broadband. Uh, environment and and they've dialed up they, they seem to be meeting it and okay we're going to have to look at um, more gra grainy pictures of each other but that's all right I didn't like looking at Sam anyway <laughs> well, yeah. face for face for radio as I've said a million times I mean I was watching a film last night um, <laughs> yeah and I thought oh this is, this is interesting so I, I decided before all this happened, I decided I'd subscribe to the new Disney thing in the hope that I'd get the the, uh, the last Star Wars that I didn't quite get around to going to see in the cinema uh, yet. And uh, so I, I, I put a film on there and thought, oh, this isn't quite as good quality as, as I expected. And then I thought, well, you know, that's probably because everybody is at home absolutely caning the bandwidth, probably doing much the same yeah. as I am. When it comes down to connectivity, actually the things that have been catching people out is just assuming that they have enough uh, VPN connections. You know, things, the little, again, little fundamental things that we've never ever got near saturating the amount of links we paid for. And all of a sudden, we've got to turn them all on. So it really is the little basic things that are catching people out. But um, this, in the spirit of things, vendors and providers uh, from top to toe. Showing some flexibility on that, yeah. Showing, yeah. Yeah, showing huge flexibility on all of that stuff. Cool. So Vicky, what's your take on the culture and, and, and for working from home, for flexible working, for remote working? Yeah, well, you know, as, as um, Shah talked about earlier, so working from home is not, is not new to us at all. In fact, when I first started out in tech, I used to commute down south from Manchester and work remotely all the other day. So but I wasn't at home all of the time. But then when I had a global job at Citrix, I tended to do an awful lot of, of work working from home because it didn't make sense for me to, to go in the office because none of my team were there. They were, they were all distri distributed around the world. But coming back to the, the, 
the point here. This is a, a situation that none of us could ever have imagined, isn't it? And I, I think from conversations that I've had within, within my family and people that they work for through to clients that we work with, I really do think this is going to be a time that is going to make or break leaders. And, and what I mean by that is those that get this right and have that empathy and understanding for their employees will be remembered for it. And those that get it wrong will equally be remembered for it. And, you know, just, just a couple of extreme examples that I have. I heard a wonderful story from a tech company whose VP of EMEA had got his leadership team together and they'd all had to uh, bake cupcakes and show their cupcakes on, on Zoom. But that whole thing about reconnecting as, as human beings, which is something that, that is fundamental to, to what we believe at, at the Amplified Group. And it's just it's, the need for it is more than ever. So we've got that fantastic example that I've just given there. Of, and, the, and the team that I'm talking about, they are making more time. They are asking each other how how they're doing and spending a lot of time doing that and then you've got other organizations one that are some of them are, are still asking their employees to go into the office um, when when they don't have to and there's a there's a worry of redundancy if they don't to to them that they are now letting them work at home but they still don't necessarily have the trust and I've heard of uh, an organization that middle of last week decided to make a you know lots of loyal employees redundant and you know it's it's heartbreaking that they haven't figured out how to support them and how to think about their well-being and it, it, it doesn't it doesn't help the business in the long run because in theory, at some point, this situation is going to swing back around, and I hope that we'll go back into growth because you know the health of the economy is, is important for the health of the individuals within it. And businesses like that have made people redundant in summary fashion, and who have not treated their staff very well will lose the engagement of their employees. Will find it very difficult to rehire, um, and and you know that won't be a positive for their business in the long run in my opinion i agree with you and I, I don't think they will be looked on well by their customers either so so i do think this is going to be a time for making or breaking leaders and those leaders that really show empathy and make time to to care <coughs> i also think for for leaders it's really important to show their vulnerability and they are not needed to have all the answers at this time. We're all working this out. To, to our point at, at the Amplified Group, that we believe if organisations are going to thrive in this fast-paced world, they need to have a high-trust culture. Well, vulnerability breeds trust. So for people to, to let their guard down and say, talk about the things that are worrying them. And the more human I think we are, um, the, the better for everybody. I don't know what you think about that, Sam. Well, we're all humans at the end of the day and you know, we're all in, in it together aren't we you know across our organizations our friendship groups our countries across the planet you know this is an unprecedented time and 
I think you're absolutely right. Those that maintain a human connection and organisations that act with humanity um, will come through this and will come through this stronger. And perhaps it will bring people closer together. Whereas I hope that perhaps we'll be beyond pure profit as a motivation as we get through this. Ethical capitalism, that's the way forward. There we go. Um, so to, to, I've, I've also got a, a couple of other things. One is, as a leader, I think it's really, really important to over-communicate. And what I mean by that is, if things are changing, if the strategy needs to change, employees need to understand why, and they need to hear it more than once. I think, Adam, you were talking about it earlier, weren't you? You know, get on a, get on a, a video call and make sure that you're communicating constantly why they've changed and what the implications are on the business because if people understand why they're much more likely to to commit just going to agree with you i think that um you can't people will forgive leaders for over communicating they will um, crucify them for leaving them in the dark um realistically with all of this stuff um when it comes down to it you know no one likes to feel like they're in the dark people like to feel uh, that the, the expectations are set clearly, that uh, the motivations are communicated. Uh, and like you said, then people rally around and rally behind you. And, and those are the cultures that organisations want to, to foster anyway. And it's that cultural, it's how, this is a real testing time for the company cultures that is often very lauded in the marketing blurb. Well, now we've got to see it in action. Yeah, yeah, it's time, time, to, time to walk the walk and not just talk the talk. Yeah. The last point, uh, and actually, again, Adam, you really made me think about um, the way you were talking about tech, about um, how can we dial what we're just talking about down to the lowest common denominator for, gosh, you can tell I've been doing fractions this morning, can't I? <laughs> the lowest common denominator for us and what can we do differently what's the most simple thing that we could do so so you've just triggered this thought for me Adam and and Shara and I haven't talked about this um at all so I'm just gonna put it out there but I do think that what we have experienced because things are, are, are more fraught at the moment, to be frank, with having two children at home and having to do homeschooling, um, we're, we're used to doing this remote working. But actually, it's really important that we understand each other's different approaches to doing things. So Shara and I had a conversation yesterday. We listened to a, a WebEx, and one of the suggestions on there was, do a team call and rotate so once a week get a different person's family on the call so that they can meet everybody else in that team virtually so I for example would get my family on and then Shah would be able to see them not that she doesn't know them already of course she does but that that's the example that I'm giving and I said to Shah I think that's a lovely idea because I'm uh, if you think of DISC, I'm on the I side and I want to be having these interactions with people. And, and that's really important to me. Shah said, I don't like that idea. That That's not for me at all. That's just <laughs> not it. 
did you, I did, I did, because, you know, as you say, we have different personality types, and it went back to what I said earlier. Our team are also all different personality types. You've got to take that into account. And the thought of me having this virtual group <laughs> hug with all my family standing around, I'm like, no, this is my work. I'm doing work right now. And um, Vicky is like, yeah, let's just open it all up. Yeah. So so what, what I was thinking about there was um, – things don't get blown out of proportion and that people are really having empathy for each other and understanding different people's perspectives and maybe one what's right for one person isn't isn't right for another and if there's some way that that we can help and um, shall what what I'm thinking about is the disc profiles that that we do and the the podcast that we did on what shadow do I cast I think there's a lot of value in that podcast that people should listen to and I also think we should maybe have a look at um seeing I know um disc assessments are a cost to us so we can't offer them for free but maybe there is a way that we can offer them to people at some discounted rate so that they they can take advantage of that if they want to find out and want to get their team to do it so that they can share that i don't know what you think Shah, but i'm it was just like what what is the lowest common denominator that we can help people yeah. better understand yeah. themselves and and each other yeah and there are so many people out there aren't there if you looked on linkedin and you look at all over that are just doing stuff what they say for free or they want to help or they could do it complimentary i'm donating my my mentoring time at the moment for yeah. free because i think it's the right thing to do so i i agree with you i think more important if you if you think about when when not if when we'll come out of this if we come yeah. out of this knowing each other even better and be able to go hit the ground running with the fact that you have established who you are personality wise on a team that can only be for the good so i i definitely would well say... it is it was it was a combination of two things it was what adam was saying about what can we do from a a lowest common denominator to do something yeah. and it was that conversation that you and i were having this morning of I think this is a brilliant idea and you say well I didn't at all and I could understand that because I know where where our personalities were but that could have gone in a horrible way had we not known that yeah had we not known that we have very different personality types and therefore I accepted your version of it and you accepted mine rather than yes. being you know so why yeah. why doesn't she think the same way so no i think yeah. i think that's a brilliant idea Love so it. maybe if anybody yeah. does are is interested in in um finding out what their disc profile is if if they just drop us a message on linkedin maybe that's the easiest uh, yeah easiest thing to do yeah makes sense because actually you know for some businesses their worlds will be slowing down a little bit you know i know for mm. softcat if anything it's yeah. got busier because people have a voracious need for technology to, to solve problems right now. Um, for other businesses, it's, it, so if your business is not that busy right now, for whatever reason, uh, maybe it's a great opportunity to work on your business rather than work in your business when you, when you can't work in your business because there's not so much going on. And be ready to, when we do eventually come out of this, ready to come out stronger and ready to ready to grow again yeah yeah i heard somebody say um we need to survive now because when we come out of this we want to thrive 
Yeah, yeah. Survive and then thrive. Exactly. Lovely right. idea. Yeah, yeah. 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 Brilliant. So I think we should just wrap up maybe by quickly going around the virtual room and seeing what everybody's, everybody's day looks like under, under worldwide pandemic uh, conditions. So Adam, as our, our esteemed guest, perhaps you would be so kind as to go first. Uh, well, I work remotely a lot anyway, but, what, but uh, the distinct difference now is my, my wife and I are strictly avoiding each other in the house. I work where I work, she works where she works, and I actually went for a walk around the garden this morning before coming back in and pretending I'd walk to work. So, um, yeah, Brilliant. that's me. So that your commute was a walk around the garden? <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to make it feel like there was a start, and I'll probably walk back when I go home. Fantastic. I love it. That's great. What about you, Sha? You're probably not a million miles off your normal situation. Well, well, I kind of am, Sam, because normally I work from home and everybody knows that. But I've been kicked out of my office. My husband has taken over my office because he has back to back Zoom calls and I don't at the moment, although I'm trying to get him to stop doing that after my advice yeah. earlier um also yeah. the dog walking situation has changed somewhat because i now have three people in the house walking the dog instead of just little old me and my dog walker so my 24 year old oh, so the, the dog's knackered yeah exactly it's great every evening he just cuddles up and he's no trouble <laughs> so uh so Brilliant. that's the difference to my day pretty much and vicky how about you when you come off mute Oh, that's really good. I was on mute then. I'm thrilled about that. I was just, I, I saw, um, I, see, it keeps me controlled. I saw a fantastic um, picture that said dogs could not now be happier. They're getting yeah. more walks than they've ever had. People are at home with them all the time. Maybe, sure maybe they, the they've got I'm something sure to do with it. Yeah, but my, my world has changed quite a lot because I, as I mentioned earlier, I'm now homeschooling as well. So I've got, um drew is six and brooke is 12 so i've got two different schools two different approaches that i'm trying to figure out what to do but and and i started life my working career as a teacher so you think she's got this she knows what she's doing first day of homeschooling let me tell you it was horrendous uh, by 11 o'clock i was out in the house i was walking the dog i was bringing char going oh my goodness how am i gonna do this it was just awful um second day i got up an hour earlier to try and get myself organized to, to go and do wow. some exercise that i'd hoped to fit in the day before and, and not managed at all so yeah. i'm i'm being really quite structured in that i have two hours of schoolwork with my son that i'm doing with him i've remembered that i can give him holding topics as well and stuff to do that i don't need to sit him over him all the time i'd forgotten that so that's pretty helpful and then i'm also um then scheduling and figuring out when brooke needs her help and putting that in and then shara and i are working in the afternoons and i'm locking myself away in the bedroom they know they can't disturb me and i can really focus on doing some work and i heard somebody saying this isn't about being efficient. This is about being effective. And I think yeah. it really has helped focus the mind, actually. So, so that's, that's how my, my world has changed. Brilliant. Really interesting. Does that mean that I'm being effective now rather than, I don't know, I was never efficient well, before. So. Who, <laughs> who knows? Let's hope so. Let, let, let's, let's hope we're all being effective. 
writing un, un, yeah. under uh, interesting and, and crazy circumstances. Um, what about you, Sam? Well, Sam, yes, yeah, Sam, don't think you're getting away with it. Well, I, I hardly feel qualified to comment as I'm sort of largely a gentleman of leisure these days. I'm going to do my, do my dabbling for a few bits and pieces. <laughs> but, you know, my day at the minute in, consists of um, get up, hit the garage for a, a bit of exercise or take the dog around the garden a few million times, um, spend an hour trying to turf my daughter out of bed and get her doing some schoolwork. That's probably the most energetic part of my day because that's blooming hard. Um, and then sort of dipping <laughs> in and out of, 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 of things like this, a little bit of gardening and trying to coach Iris through her school day. Um, I seem to be constantly pumping out food for her. As, you know, as my, my main role seems to be commie chef. <laughs> room, yeah. room, room, almost room service <laughs> delivery. Yeah, you know, manage, Actually, manage, manage, managing the food stocks situation. And, uh, yeah, you know the food thing. You might not be able to get pasta. You might not be able to get rice. Today, the local butchers in Marlow—they've just started doing deliveries. Literally this morning, um, I was uh, one, one of the first on the list. So I've had a, you know, what they call their survival box. Um, and also a load of fresh scallops delivered today. So you, can well, get fresh, you can get fresh scallops, but you can't get pasta for love nor money. <laughs> How funny is that? Hey, Sam, I just realised we didn't do we didn't do uh, hero time, and I'm missing it a little bit. So can we can we just agree, all of us, that our hero is pretty much going to be Zoom at the moment? Yeah, I think that's legit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And and I'm going to make a prediction that where we, we now say we're going to Google something, Zoom is going to become a verb. Yeah. We're now yeah. going to Zoom somebody. You know, I even used it on Friday night. I got about six or seven different households together for, for a virtual pint or two yeah. on Friday night using Zoom. I know that's not its legitimate use, but it, it worked really well. And, you know, we had, a, we had a, a, a communal pint, which we would not otherwise have been able to do. So thank yeah. you, Zoom. Yes. Yeah, yeah thank you. Yeah. There's a new Brilliant. app, um, a party app that I used house last party. Friday. House, house party. party yeah. With yeah. a gr group of eight of us. It was fantastic. It was really good fun. What I couldn't understand is if it was a virtual party, party why I woke up with a hangover. Virtual party, very real hangover. That's yeah, exactly. I, like, I like it. That's great. Fantastic. Yeah. Cool. Well, thanks everybody, and particular thanks thank to you. Adam Harding from Softcat yes, thank uh, you. for joining yeah. us. Yeah, we re really appreciate your, your your involvement and your insight. Thanks for listening to Get Amplified from the Amplified Group. If you liked it and enjoyed this special edition, please be sure to subscribe, and we'll see you next time when we're back on the usual track. Stay safe, stay well. <laughs>